but we're in this series that I've called The Great Escape, and it's about escaping from uh, the things that are out of control in our lives, and um, all those habits and those hurts and those hang-ups that jack up our life, really. Remember last week, uh, the question really was, we kind of kicked it off last week, and I said, how do we know that we're jacked up? We know we got issues, but, and the self-help books, books tell us that, but then <clears throat> how do I get the power to fix it? That's the thing. I need power to do that. And so um, we talked about how, how do I get that power in my life? How do I get the power that I need to make the changes that I need to make? And so today's title is How to Fix My Eye Problem. Now, those of you that know me uh, know that I'm an Apple lover, and I'm not talking about your iPad here or your iPhone. Um, And by the way, speaking of fixing, I'm going to throw a plug in here, and this is recorded. We record these things, and we put them out on the website, and so we're going to get some money for this this little promo. But um, we, (laughs) we have been, my family, everybody but me, has been going to this chiropractor, and I'm telling you, um, Crystal's been going to him for years. I just thought, man, it's a waste of money. I'm serious. I, I did. I'm thinking, okay, whatever, you know, go ahead. And, and you know, $40 later or whatever it is. And um, I'm, I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, in the family, she keeps, now she's got the whole family going to them. Devin uh, and, and Tara. And pretty soon she's got the grandkids going to them. I mean, they got, she's got everybody and their brother going to this chiropractor. And so Dustin, who's kind of like me, I, you know, he doesn't go to the doctor unless it's absolutely necessary. And he was in some pain and had some other symptoms going on. And this chiropractor tells him exactly, just by like, Touching on him like this, like exactly what, oh, I think you got this. And uh, he goes and looks it up, and he, all the symptoms were matching up just like, perfect. He tells me this. And if Dustin tells me this, I'm thinking, I've been walking around with this back problem for probably four weeks now. If anybody knows what's going on, I've been walking around with this back problem for a while. I thought, well, I'm going to give this guy a try. So I walk into him, and I said, listen, I've been trying to refrain from coming to you. I said, but I heard you're the miracle worker. Um, that's kind of against my religion, but um, we let's give it a try. And so he starts feeling around on me, and I'm, I'm, he goes, you know what? I think I can fix you. And I thought, well, it'll be the first time, I, and I don't go to the chiropractor very often. It's probably been about three, and it's been many years ago. It'll be the first time anybody's ever done something like that and fixed me. Well, he gets me on this table, contorts me, and all of a sudden, in this spot, exactly where my pain was, I, I felt this, you know, like snap in my back. And I thought, man, that's got to be, that's got to be it. And I got up and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. And I'm kind of walking around all day thinking, man, again, 40 bucks for nothing. I'm going to tell you, I woke up the next day, and I'm telling you, I have not had a pain in my back, and I've been living with this for a long time, and I've not had a pain in my back. So let's give um, the Matt Nicholson chiropractor a hand today. This guy has worked miracle. If you need to know his address, I got it. Okay, just now that's, uh, I don't know, that's probably worth 40 bucks, don't you think? That little promo. All right, that has nothing Nothing, nothing to do with my message today. <clears throat> so, um, 
Let's jump into this thing. How to fix my eye problem. Did you know that every, every destructive attitude, every destructive behavior and, or action can be traced back to pride, lust, or greed? And before I go any further, I just want to say this. I got home last week. And I went over to Dustin and Jenna's house. And um, they had a baby, by the way, um, on Valentine's Day. And, and uh, they weren't even there at the service. And I get there, and Jenna, of all people, never says a word negative to anybody. She didn't complain about this whole pregnancy. I never hear her complain. She says, hey, didn't you say when we first started this church that a sitcom is a good length, 30 minutes, and then you, know, you hold people's attention for about that long, and then they're gone? <laughs> like, I can't believe you just said that. I don't know. I guess she's trying to fix it before she gets back here with that baby. But anyway, um, I'm after her now. So anyway, all these things can be traced back to one of those three things, pride, lust, or greed. And you don't realize the power in the tug that they have on your life until you try to resist it, until you try to pull away from that temptation that they present to you. And, uh, but, but one of the things, or the thing that I wanna talk about today, I wanna pick one of those things, and it's the hard one, because we can't see it, and this is why it's hard, it's because we can't see it in ourselves. Other people can see it in you, but you can't see it in yourself. And, and it's the chief demon of them all, and you'll understand why I called it that in just a second, because pride, pride is the one where it all started, where it all started. So many marriages, so many families, uh, long-lasting best friend relationships break up uh, just like that over pride, over pride. We probably wouldn't believe the number of churches that have been destroyed over pride. Our history books are full of, of the facts that the governments and kingdoms have been destroyed because of pride. What makes pride so, so dangerous is that it's, 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 it's blind to us, as I mentioned, and yet it's fatally deceiving to us. Pride is, is, is a danger. It's dangerous because it has the unique ability to slip into just about any environment, any conversation, anything that's going on. Pride does this. Um, even, even right here at church, pride can just slip right into the church. It can slip into your home. It can slip into your work. I love it when I'm talking to somebody and it's somebody new, you know, I'm just meeting them and all of a sudden they're telling this story and all of a sudden they're, they're titled of you know, what they do comes out. I'm like, that had nothing to do with the conversation. I, you know, they just wanted to kind of slip it in. You know? uh, now I know that they do this for a living. They got this title and how big a house they got and how much money they got and all this kind of stuff. I, I, have you ever heard, you know, just ask a question. You say, man, how about that weather? And somebody says, yeah, it's, it kind of reminds me of Italy when we went there five years ago. You know, they just want to get, get it in there. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Pride will just slip into... And, and, and any area of your life, and if you're not careful, it'll slip into, uh, no matter what, it'll slip into your home, it'll slip into your life. And, and did you know that before Satan became Satan, his name was Lucifer? Um, in the book of Ezekiel, we know God made other angels, but for some reason, he, he didn't write as much about them. 
when he speaks about Lucifer, it's in this most beautiful way in Ezekiel. He, he, he would say things like, Lucifer, oh, son of the morning, uh, perfect in wisdom, perfect in beauty. Lucifer, you, you walked on the holy mountain of God. That must have been good. Uh, because there's no other angel that he talks about like this. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he says, Lucifer, until the day that pride was found in you because of your beauty, all of a sudden, the created, the created being looked at the creator, God, and said, I want to ascend above the stars and above the clouds. I want to ascend uh, my, 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 and, and place my throne um, above your throne. Talking to God. Then the created being makes this statement. I will be like the most high God. Check it out. This is something that you've got to understand. Something you've got to understand about pride. Pride never, never takes one person. It doesn't. It takes a whole bunch of people when it surfaces. It doesn't just take the football player that's got the inflated ego. It takes all the followers of that player with him. Pride doesn't just take the best guy on the team. It takes the whole bunch. And it took Lucifer and a whole bunch that followed after him, and they called the devil and his imps. Now check this out. Here's, here's what happened. With a perfect God, in a, in, a, in a perfect environment, God set him up, man. He set him up cool. <clears throat> and here's a perfect Adam and Eve. And yet, even in that moment, pride slithered into the garden. Pride slithers right into it and, 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 and said to Eve, did God really say that you couldn't eat from that tree? And then he goes on and he says, don't, don't you know that if you eat from that tree, you, the creation, will become just like the creator, God? You see, that's, that's exactly what got him jacked up to begin with. And now he's trying to shed it upon everybody else. Pride. Satan's still trying to do the same thing and influence all of us today with the same exact thing. And here's what's so bad. When pride gets a hold of you and takes, it, it can mess up a whole generation that's following after you. Listen, you, you've got to understand what pride does in our heart. <clears throat> it will affect your entire family. We think, well, this is, this is my life, you know. Let me live it the way I want to live it. We think this is, is, well, it's not just your life. Because there's people that are connected to you and to your life that, that you love dearly. And you're going to have one way or the other, you're going to have a legacy. Doesn't matter how you live your life, you're going to have a legacy. And that's why you've got to keep you know, get this thing right and take it seriously. You, you, you know, we have our daughters, we have our, our sons, we have our grandchildren that maybe you don't even have at this point, but they're counting on you to get this right. 
And that's why we've got to understand what this means. In James chapter 4, verse 6, it says, I want you to pay close attention to the word of God today. It says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God says, I set myself um, uh, against the proud. I, I, I don't know about you, but that's enough for me right there. Just that alone. God Almighty aggressively set himself up against the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. You know why? God is, is so upset against pride. You know why that is? It's because pride wants to promote the creature in the place of the creator. Pride says, you don't need me. You, you are me. That's what pride says. The Bible says that the key to power that we've been talking about and we need uh, in our life is humility. The key is humility. And the barrier to the power that we're looking for in our life is pride. And I'm not talking about the good kind of pride, like self-esteem. That's good stuff. I'm talking about like conceit. And, and arrogance and egotism. Someone said that egotism is like is the only kind of disease that when you've got it, it makes everybody else sick. Isn't that true? <clears throat> An attitude of superiority. That that kind of that rubs me the wrong way. It does. Probably does to you too. And because of my age, and I'm gonna let it show a little bit, I think of Muhammad Ali here. Everybody that knows what I'm talking about, if you followed him at all. Uh, one time, Muhammad Ali was on a plane, and, and he wouldn't fasten his seatbelt. And the stewardess came up to him and said, "Sir, you got to fasten your seatbelt." And he said, "Superman don't need a, su- uh, a seatbelt." She looked at him. And she said, "Superman don't need a plane." <clears throat> so he, I guess he fastened his seatbelt. But we all know somebody like that, don't we? Somebody that just like they're you know never wrong. The Bible says that pride causes all kinds of problems in our life. And the first one that I want to talk about really quick is it stunts our growth. When we have pride, it stunts our growth. And when I think I've got it all together, and sometimes I do think that, all right, does anybody else do that? Okay, nobody else. But sometimes I think I got it all. There's no motivation then. If I've got it all together, there's no motivation to keep learning, to keep growing, to keep developing, to change. There's no motivation there. And when the head starts swelling up, the mind stops growing. In fact, if you think, man, oh, I think I might have come on the wrong Sunday. This, this, this message is not for me. It's for you. It's for you. <clears throat> That's the attitude of pride right there. Proverbs 26, 12. There's more hope. Listen to the word of God here. There is more hope for a fool. More hope for a fool than for a man who is wise in his own eyes. I think that's a pretty powerful statement. And then also, pride keeps me from, from getting help. Proverbs 10, 17. Anyone willing to be corrected is on the pathway to life. Anyone refusing has lost his chance. If I've got married, marriage problems and, and, and I won't talk to anybody about it, that's Pride. If I've got financial issues and I just can't get through it and I won't talk to anybody about it, that's pride. 
If I'm not cutting it as a parent or I'm not making it at work and I don't want to talk to anybody about it, that's pride. And it keeps me, guys, it keeps us from growing and changing. The second thing is poison. it poisons our relationships. Pride is the root of all conflict and disharmony in our lives. Prideful people are demanding they're, 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 they, they hold grudges. They keep score. You know what I'm talking about. They're unsympathetic and they, they explode in anger when they're criticized. You don't want to mess, mess with them. Pride destroys relationships. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. I'm just trying to give you some word for each one of these things that I'm talking about. Pride only breathes quarrels. That's what pride does. But mostly what pride does, mostly People that have pride don't want to admit it when they're wrong. That's the big thing. In Matthew 7, 5, it says, Take the log out of your own eye first, and then you'll be able to see and take this little speck that's in your brother's eyes you've been complaining about. Take the log out of your eye. So many family conflicts could be resolved, but, but we don't want to admit our pride. Pride causes relationships to be completely damaged. And on the other hand, the key, the key to reconciliation and to making things better is simply, you've heard it before, swallow your pride. Swallow your pride. I'm on a diet. It's not fattening. You can swallow it. It's locale. <clears throat> the next one is it produces stress. Pride does. It, it produces anxiety in our life. And we worry so much about what other people think about us, don't we? Uh, pride is, is really, here's what it is. It's a scream for inferiority. <clears throat> Parents, I want you to pay close attention to what I'm about to say. Pride often destroys the people that we love the most. People who are out to prove that they're better than others and they use their children to achieve their point. And I think... Many of us, we know when we've seen this in our lives and in other people's lives, we'll never know how many children uh, whose lives were made miserable by being pushed into achievement to make their parents look good. Children are driven to mental exhaustion for academic achievement. And, and you know what? I'm going to tell you something. They may not get this now. They may not, it may not all be collected and understood right now at their age, but they're going to be adults one day. And they're going to get it then. Trust me. They'll get it. They'll get it at that point. And then they're going to figure out that their labor, all that that they were being pushed through, was all so that they wouldn't embarrass their parents or something like that, something crazy. Sports. Sports are, are, are <laughs> they're ruined our, our, our many kids, I should say, because the parents are always there pushing the children to kind of gratify their own ego so, ego so that they can kind of play out their own fantasy in their lives that they didn't hit. Proverbs 29, 20, uh, 25, it is dangerous to be concerned what other people think. So I want to move on. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, and this is just coming out of my mouth, feels better, happy. Happy are the humble. That's what he said in 5, five Matthew 5.5. 5. Humility is the mark of emotionally healthy people. And pride is the, emotionally, uh, uh, is the mark of emotionally insecure people. If I have to prove myself or something to you, it means that I'm insecure in the inside. Emotionally healthy people 
aren't concerned about status, and they're not concerned about uh, image and ego. Humility and happiness, they just go hand in hand. That's what happens. That's the word of God. Remember that we said that God gives grace to the humble. It's the second half of that verse. He gives grace to the humble. Grace is the power, guys, that we need to change. That's the power. If you want to change something in your life, it starts with humility. That's where it starts. So how do we become humble? How do we become humble so we can be happy? The first thing the Bible says is we need to, we, we need to admit our weaknesses, not just admit them, but admit them honestly. Admit them honestly. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes, and I want you to, re, uh, to say this with me, can never, say never, never. can never be successful. A man who's not going to admit his mistakes can never, that's the word of God, not my word, can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. That's God. That's what he says. If I don't admit my weaknesses, I can't work on my weaknesses. I got to admit them. We all got them. Uh, Humility starts by being honest about our weaknesses. I don't have it all together. And and that's all I'm going to say about that one. I'll move on to the next one. The next one is evaluate your strengths. And here's the important part, realistically, realistically. Pride is based on a false evaluation of our own selves. Humility is based on truth and realism. Remember what we talked about last week? We said, when you know the truth, it will set you free. free. Romans chapter 12, verse three says, again, the word of God is strong today. Look at this. Don't cherish exaggerated ideas of yourself. Don't cherish those. Or, or don't cherish uh, the exaggerated ideas of yourself or your own importance. <laughs> but, but that's pretty blunt. But, but try to have a sane estimate of your capabilities. What does sane mean? <laughs> a sane estimate. First of all, I want to say something about this. Humility doesn't mean putting yourself down all the time. I want to get that clear and up front. That's not, some people think you're more spiritual. You say, oh, I'm nothing, you know. No, you are something. You are something. Jesus didn't die for a bunch of nothings. Uh, he died for you. Humility is not denying your strength. It's being honest about your weaknesses. We, we all have our strengths. All of us do. And I'm going to talk just a minute. We talk about our, our talents and our abilities and the things that God just gave us, our gifts. And, and, and these, by the way, these can never become a thing that we, we are boastful about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, What are you so puffed up about? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why act as though you have some, accomplished something on your own? Maybe it's... These singers up here, you know, they got all this talent. By the way, didn't they do awesome today? Did awesome. I'm, I'm loving all of the new, you know, like uh, singers. Um, Jared, where is he at? Man, that dude was ripping today. Awesome. I don't know where, he, yeah, he's hiding over there. It's awesome. We got these talents 
some people are talented with numbers and, and logic or graphics and you know, computers and things like that or speaking or being influential uh, uh, in front of people. Or maybe it's sports, whatever. By the way, did you know, talking about sports, that athletes like Michael Jordan came out of the womb flying through the air, slamming basketballs with their tongue hanging out? I'm telling you. Max Scherzer, anybody know who he is? One of the best pitchers in baseball today, from Mizzou, by the way. Straight out of the womb, he was able to throw no hitters. <clears throat> it's in their DNA. Uh, 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 God gifted them with phenomenal hand-eye coordination and speed. Uh, just whatever they needed, God had gifted them. But what I'm trying to say is evaluate yourself realistically. Evaluate it realistically. Uh, it was just, you know, it wasn't the 15 years of practice that, that they put in. Otherwise, everybody who put in 15 years of practice would be in the pros throwing no hitters. Well, the pitching coach says that he's good. No, they just like your money. That's a joke. I'm kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. But it's so, isn't it, it's, it, what's crazy about gifting is that you had nothing to do with it. You had nothing to do with it. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father. Did everybody get that? Every, everybody say every. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from the Father. You do it so easy when it's gifted to you. And everybody goes, hey, how'd you do that? What do you mean, how did I do that? It just, it just happened. That's what I do. You know, it's easy. When it's gifted, when God gives you a gift, it's easy. And then the next thing we want to talk about is enjoy successes gratefully. Here's what's crazy. When we take our gifting, what God has given us in our lives, and we become prideful in our gifting, like, like we're the authors of it, we're not the authors of it. That, that's why it's so important that we give our gifting, guys, back to God. What he gave us, we give back to God. It's so important. Isn't it so cool when we, when we bring back to the one who gave it to us what we have and what we've been given and to acknowledge that, that what I do and that what I have comes from you, God. And, and, and I want to use it and I want to serve you with it, which leads me to number four, and that is serve others unselfishly. Again, the key is the last word typically. Millennials reports higher rates of depression than any other generation. More than 41 million Americans express some type of mental depression in their lives. People born in the last 30 years, and I read up on this, face up to 10 times the risk of major depression than their grandparents did. Why is that? Why? The epidemic of, uh, of depression in this age is traced back to, as you would have it, exalting the individual. It's lifting the individual up. Depression is the result of the me generation. What, what, what's best for me? It's about me. I, I don't think about my neighbor. Uh, I, 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 I've got to think about me and my goals and my dreams and my desires. Pride and selfishness cause 
depression. And when I live only for me, I'm just asking, I'm asking for it. I'm asking for depression. In our culture, we find it hard to believe in anything, don't we? I mean, like, even the most sacred, we, we don't believe in um, our nation. We don't, believe, we don't believe in God with the, the divorce rates the way they are. We don't believe in, in marriage, and we don't believe in family and all those kinds of things. They feel like they can't believe in anything, so the alternative is they turn to themselves. I hope this is resonating with someone here today. I believe God gave me this message for somebody, and that's, that's what's causing the depression. I, I read an article, and I knew this. I, I, I knew this was true and because I've experienced it. And, and I read this article recently. It's, it talked about doing good and helping others and serving and being a servant. And it talks about the more that you help other people. Get this. The more that you help other people, the more it lifts you out of yourself. And it lifts you out of your own depression. The more you help other people. I don't know about you, but it feels good when you help somebody. Now, it may, it may take some effort to do it, but then after you do it, it's like, man, that felt good. It felt good to do that. And I believe that's a God thing. I believe that's something that he put in us. And, and this article says it even creates hormones in your body that give you a high. I knew it. I knew that that was the case. Volunteering to help makes people feel good physically and emotionally. It's actually good for your health to be able to help people. God says it in Philippians uh, over 2,000 years ago. In Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5, says, Do nothing out of self-ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. Consider others better than, than yourselves. Look not to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Real humility is not thinking poorly about yourself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a lousy person or I'm a lousy at this or I'm junk. And it's just thinking more about other people. Um, you get the focus off of my needs, off of my desires, off of my hurts, off of my wants, and focus on what other people need. Jesus was the best example. He was the best example of serving others. Prideful people, insecure people, they can't serve others because they're so worried about all of their own needs. We, so we focus on, here at the bridge, the needs of others. And if you're going through, guys, if you're going through depression in, the, in your life this morning, maybe one of the things that you need to do is lighten up a little bit on the, on the self-examination and start focusing on other people. Give yourself away like they talked about today in the song. And finally today, my last point, if the worship team will come, is number five. Humble myself voluntarily. Voluntarily is the key. James 4.10. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord. And what will he do? He will lift you up. He'll lift you up. Humility is a choice. Humility is a choice. It, it's... Everybody getting that humility, it's your choice to be humble. It's something that you take action. The Bible doesn't ever say that you are to ask God to humble you. Here's what it says. Humble yourselves. 
It's something you do for yourself. It's your choice. And then he gives a promise if you humble yourselves. He says, if you humble yourselves, God will lift you up. He'll lift you up. Look at that. God says that the way up is kind of down. Kind of reverse of what you would think. The more I humble myself, the more God lifts me up. And by the way, the opposite is true. In the Bible, in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The moment I start filling with pride, I'm setting myself up for a fall. The moment that I think, man, man, I've got my act together, dude. I- I'm, I'm pretending that I've got all the answers and I'm setting myself up for a fall. Satan got kicked out of heaven for that and that sin will keep us from heaven proverbs chapter 6 god lists seven things that he hates you don't when you talk about god you hardly ever hear how god hates anything but he lists seven things that he hates we're always talking about god's love But here he lists seven things that he hates. What do you think number one on that list is? Pride. Pride. Why? Because pride refuses to be helped. Pride says, I'm my own God. Shall we stand together? Pride says, I don't need anybody else to tell me what to do. But guys, I want to tell you something. God's got the most wonderful gift. The best gift of all. The best gift you could ever receive. And if you're not careful, pride can rob you of that. The Bible says about salvation, for by grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God, pay close attention, not of works. It's not my ego. I'm like, I can, I'll do all this and kind of stuff. Not of works, not of anything that we do so that nobody can brag about it or boast about it. Your ego may think, man, you know what? I've got to work hard at this. I got to you know, make sure I got to get in there and dig in and do all this stuff. No, God's already done all the work. He's already done it all. God says there's only one way to get God's power in your life to change the things in your life that are out of control and God's promise of heaven. It's to humble yourself and accept the gift. Just accept it. For for by grace you are saved through faith it's a gift of God nothing you could do the cure for pride in our life is to discover how much God really really loves you you see pride is a massive is a cover for massive insecurity and inferiority like we talked about and inadequacy and when I act like I'm a big shot it's because I feel very small inside it's a cover. When I act like I'm overconfident, it's because I'm scared to death. When I act like I've got it all together, it's because 
I know it's falling apart all around me. And when you really realize, when you really realize how much God loves you, that no matter what you do, you matter to God. That he loves you on the good days. He loves you on the bad days. Doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. When you really, when you really feel loved by God, it's then when you realize, hey, you know what? I think I like me too. I think I, I think I like myself. If God likes me and I like me, if you don't, that's your problem. Very few people in the world, guys, have that kind of self-confidence. And it's confidence like that that comes from what I'm talking about today, humility. Knowing that it's God who's done everything that's ever been good in my life. It's God. Humility produces confidence. There is a name that I love There is a name that is higher There is a name I can call And darkness flees There is a name that is strong there is a name that is greater There is a name that can set the captive free Jesus, my heart
I'm going to wrap up today and close this thing down. But I don't want to do this without giving you folks an opportunity. I mentioned that humility produces this confidence that we talked about. Now you know, since we've talked through this, that God made you. Talked about it in our last uh, last series. Um, and that you're here for a purpose. And, and that you're not here by accident. Um, I believe that God knew before the foundation of the world that you would be here today. It's no accident that you're here. He's got a plan for your life. Now you know that success and fulfillment in life, it all comes from his grace. And being right in the center of his plan, massive doses of God's love cures the insecurities that are happening that's behind all of this pride that we talk about. And I just want to invite you, if you're here today, to humble yourself. To humble yourself. And open your heart to Jesus Christ and the gift that he wants to give you. This grace that we're talking about. Can we all bow our heads? for you before we go here. Lord, we love you. We feel like you have been the best to us. Like we've been um, privileged. Spoiled blessed us so much and so we couldn't be more grateful for your blessings but God we pray that you'd help us help us if we're struggling with this situation in our life these things that we deal with on an everyday basis where they get to the point where like my back problem where it just kept getting worse and worse and eventually had to go get it fixed. But God, here's what we're asking for. We're coming to you, the master in control, um, to the best doctor in the world. And we pray, God, that you'd help us with this issue in our lives. And, and, and two, God, we pray, God, that you'd help us with dealing with other folks that uh, struggle with this, this thing, this pride we know it's the root it's the start of all the issues disharmony in our lives and we pray God that you'd help us we know that we feel your presence here at the bridge when we come here but tomorrow on the job when we're facing head on and we're looking at this thing square in the face when when the rubber meets the road so to speak God we pray God for your help then We pray that you'd intervene then, that you would help us get through this thing then. And we pray, God, that we would just open our hearts, that there'd be people here, if there's anybody here that's struggling with this today, that they would humble themselves and that they would accept your gracious gift.
we pray these things. God, we ask you to keep your protecting hand upon each and every one of them today. Watch over them, protect them, bring them back next Sunday. And during our week for the, for the link groups, we pray. All these things we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Take everything, all of me, every breath, and let it be for you, let it be for you. Be lifted high, glorified, every song, and let it rise to you, let it rise.